the blame for all of this squarely on you, the viewers. Uh, would you say we'd be venturing into a zone of danger? It doesn't matter what you think! You're listening to the Our Take Podcast with Brian Sherman. He had a full head, you know, all the way till the end. It was white, and I was hoping to get that. I was hoping to get, like, the full head and... Uh, it was really hard to cut it off. And Spencer Rogers. To be a good pilot, you have to be able to make good decisions. And I know what my credit score is, so I know I don't make good decisions. This is the R Take Podcast. What? <laughs> Did you hear something? Yeah. From Scary Fair Media Studios in Ogden, Utah. It's the R Take Podcast, episode 41. I'm Brian. I am Spencer. It is February the 24th. On this day in history, in 1920... Oh, the 20s. The Roaring 20s. The German Nazi Party is founded. <laughs> uh, Adolf Hitler became the party's leader in 1921. Wow. So much uplifting history. Right? And so yeah. many good things. There were some good stories, but I thought that uh, I liked that one. Here's but, one that's interesting. In 1989, a Boeing 747 jumbo jet rips open over the Pacific Ocean, resulting in the death of nine passengers. Just nine? I wait, know. Wait. I didn't wait, look it up. A 747 or is that a 737? 747. Look it up. It's United Airlines Flight 811. Where was it going? I don't know. Hmm. Because I know that happened to a Hawaiian Airlines 737 and it sucked some Let people me look. out. But. Now, now you got me intrigued. Uh, United Airlines Flight 811 was a regularly scheduled airline flight from LA to Sydney with intermediate oh. stops at Honolulu and Auckland. On February 24th, 1989, the Boeing 747-122 serving the flight experienced a cargo door failure in the flight shortly after leaving Honolulu. The resulting explosive decompression blew out several rows of seats, resulting in the death of, deaths of nine passengers. The aircraft returned to Honolulu where it landed safely. Oh, man. So they were just sucked out. Yeah. That's happened a couple times. That's awful. The, That's the, props to the pilot. Yeah. The 737-1, the roof actually... Malfunctioned and, and the the part of the roof came off. The like roof can split, malfunction. It split open, like it, came, <laughs> it it rolled back like a convertible. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, speaking of plane crashes, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the plane crash that is our society. <laughs> well, no, there was a plane crash yesterday. Oh, really? See, I can't believe this hasn't garnered as much attention as. Uh, so yesterday, a Amazon. Prime Air uh-huh. 767 uh, crashed into uh, a bay in Houston. Oh, there it is. I see the news. Um, just minutes before it was scheduled to land. So I, I'm guessing the reason it's not getting a lot of attention is because only three people died. Right. right. But big, still. Big plane. This is a big airplane. This yeah. isn't a little Cessna. This is a... 767. This is a giant cargo plane full of your amazon goodies that you're not gonna get now man if my <laughs> lotion is late <laughs> <laughs> so my friend who's on my uh, american airlines benefits so he flies for free <sighs> he flies more than i do <laughs> he was coming home from uh kansas and uh his flight got mysteriously canceled i haven't really figured out why but i think it may have something to do with this plane crash. Really? I can't confirm this. You think they just kind of like halt no, operations no, for a minute? No, no, no. It's oh. more complicated than that. Okay. So, as you know, I work for SkyWest Airlines. Mm-hmm. 
which is a regional carrier. So they contract with four different carriers, and they fly under their banner. So they fly for American United, um, Alaska, and uh, Delta. Okay. And we're not the only, SkyWest isn't the only one. There's a ton. There's right. a lot of airlines. Uh, one of them is Mesa Airlines. Uh-huh. And apparently, um, one of the pilots, sorry, one of the three people on this Amazon plane was a Mesa Airline pilot who was deadheading, which is basically commuting right. to work. So I that could have, and, oh, and my friend's think. flight was a Mesa Airlines operated flight. So there's a possibility that that sent... That he was supposed to be the pilot? Well, I don't know, but oh. it could have sent things in motion that... Sure. that resulted i i can't confirm that but that's you know, if that i was been what happened like if i was in charge of operations for an airline mm-hmm. and one of our planes crashed right i would probably kind of halt things <laughs> for a minute you yeah. know like hang on let's figure out what happened here well they, you know they do that sometimes when it's a specific plane right. they'll ground the fleet but they don't uh no one's really given a new reason as to why this plane crashed um so it's probably going to be a while before... They should be able to get the recorder pretty quick. Yeah. There's packages floating. They said there's packages, clothes, shoes, and stuff floating everywhere. That's sad. That Whole sucks. thing's sad, man. But, yeah. Just that's, minutes uh, before landing? Like, Yeah, it was on... A, I think it was pretty close to approach in Houston um, coming from Miami. So I don't know. That's, that's really weird to have a, a plane just... Um, Especially, like, that late in the flight. It seems like... Yeah. If something's going to go wrong. Um, the most dangerous part of flying is landing and takeoff. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't really, it wasn't during landing. That's when you have skid-offs and, and right. wind shear and stuff. So I don't know. Well, uh, it seems like, when, weird. like if something mechanical is going to go wrong, it's usually during takeoff. Right. You Even know? so, the 767 has two engines and it, it can fly on one. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just a, a weird thing. Um, in other, in other news, now, if you'll recall last episode, yeah, I explained to you that I had witnessed, oh, you were a little traumatized, my birds having coitus. Yes. So yesterday, uh, I was taking a nap on the couch, <laughs> minding my own business. Yeah. I was asleep and I was awoken by, um, some squealing bird noises. <laughs> And I looked up, and they were, they were doing it on top of me, like on your on stomach. Me, yes, I was on my side, sleeping on my side, and they were, you know, my my waist, my my stomach area, yeah, pounding away on me. Such disrespect. <laughs> that is, I mean, can you imagine you going over to your parents' house while they're taking a nap? <laughs> All right. Not just doing it in their bed, but you get on top on of top them, of them. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, yeah, what did you do? Yeah, I. What was I supposed to do? I don't know. I I just kind of put my head down and <laughs> just waited like for it to be asleep. over. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, that's... it was it was really really awkward. Do they get stuck together? No, like I, you know how dogs? Oh, I don't think so. Dogs get know. stuck together. I haven't honestly figured out how it works because <laughs> should we find out? <laughs> because the way they're positioned, I just I, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I, 
I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Let's see if I can find a, a detailed diagram. A of, diagram. It seems like the bird's oh, penis would have to extend exceptionally far, like a, like a like an aircraft refueling <laughs> or something. <laughs> but but I don't know. It's I don't that know. accurate too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh wow! Yeah, it is pretty long. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just hooks on in there. Yeah. Well, this is a duck that I'm looking at. Here. Oh. Oh, well, yeah, let's huh. do some research. <laughs> That's funny. This is, I mean, just, I just skimming this article and I came across this sentence. The ostrich penis was until recently <laughs> believed to be different from those of other birds. <laughs> by and, the way, ostrich penis will be at Warp Tour this yeah. year. And in that it was filled by blood, but it was recently confirmed that they too are controlled by lymph like other birds. It's not blood. It's like a... A bone? No, it's fluid. Ooh. It's fluid. It's still, you know, uh, what's the word? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you know, like it's still uh, hydraulic. Hydraulic? <laughs> it's still hydraulic, but it's not blood like mammals. It's it's just another type of fluid from lymphs. All right. There you go. Well, now you that know. That is how birds mate. The more you know. I need a, I need a drop yeah. for that. I'm, the more you know. Um... Yeah. So, um, anything interesting happened this week? Oh no, just first week of training at the new job. Nice. Yeah, went well. So it's good. Good. I'm excited to be there. Good. Um. So I was watching YouTube videos. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't remember what I was watching. It doesn't matter. You it just was start stupid. scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I keep getting ads. Um, and and they go like like this. Hi, I'm Tom Steyer, and October 20th marks the one-year anniversary of launching the Need to Impeach petition. Today, our campaign is a movement of more than six million people. But every day Mr. Trump remains in office is a threat to our safety and democracy. In honor of one year of Need to Impeach, we're asking you to talk to one friend about our movement. Ask them to sign. So uh, we're going to talk to two hundred thousand friends, right? <laughs> yeah. So Tom Steyer, he's a billionaire in San Francisco. Yeah. I don't care that he's doing this. I mean, it's his money. I'm sure that there's apparently Nancy Pelosi said that she she wished he'd spend it on something a little more productive. Yeah. I guess what I what I want to say about this is that it's it's kind of stupid, and he's like. Uh, we've got a, mil- a movement of over 6 million people. Well, yeah. like, great. Now you only need 344 <laughs> million to go. Because, <laughs> I mean... That's true. It, that's nothing. That's not even a no, city. I mean, I mean, that's... Hillary won by 3 million, and yeah. she didn't even win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just... I see this, and I'm like, okay. No, I've been, what, getting, I've been getting his emails for a long time. Really? Yeah. I just... I think it's dumb. And I don't think that impeachment is uh is the answer at this point because we've only got two years left and oh, not necessarily well, okay I you're mean. right we only have two <laughs> years till there's an election and um it, i mean if if the Mueller report comes out and there's great whatever yeah. but impeaching is hard it's hard to do it doesn't it's not just like okay you're impeached it's, even when it's, it's a freaking big process even when it's like i mean clinton was impeached right but even he was never removed right he was never convicted um but, yeah even when it's legitimate it's hard and i think that that gives him this 
he'll be like, uh, you know, he'll have his weird Trump attitude. Yeah. Whereas if he's voted out, then uh, that'll be the people saying, we don't want you, you know? Sure. And Which was kind of what the midterms were. Right. Yeah. Whereas if he's impeached, he'll call, he'll call sorts of fouls and... Well, he'll go to the Supreme Court, it'll... You know, it'd be, it would get pretty hairy, but uh, plus it would probably take two years. So just <laughs> well, and that's that's actually a tactic I've heard uh, put out there before, not by any high profile Democrats. It was just more kind of in the media that you could stall a presidency and prevent him from doing things by mm-hmm. getting him caught up in a long impeachment process. Oh, I see. Kind of like what they did to Bill Clinton, right? You know, they <laughs> they investigated him for years, and it just kind of put a lot of his policies on the back burner now he didn't let it affect him greatly he still did a lot of things right some people agree with some don't you know he lowered the debt he had no deficit like uh but it's a tactic i've heard of like if you are so opposed to this guy's policies that you just want him to stall Mm -hmm. and you just want to stop him this is one way to do it Mm. get him caught in court just day after day right you know the justice department's bogged down whatever it might be so yeah well, speaking of impeachment, mm. Mark, a uh, loyal listener, he, he uh, messaged me about a congresswoman he wanted us to look into for him. Is she running for president yet? No. She probably no. will be soon. I don't know if she will. Everyone is. She's from Michigan's 13th district in the House. Uh, her name is Rashida Tlaib. She's the first Palestinian woman elected to Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if she's the first I don't think she's the first Palestinian and she's not I should and I should clarify she's the first person of first woman of Palestinian descent she was right. born in the United States right <laughs> she didn't run in Palestine <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then moved here when she yeah. won yeah no she her parents were immigrants uh, dad worked for like Ford they live in Detroit dad worked for Ford uh, that kind of thing and Mark anyway he he uh, he listens to the podcast regularly Although he is, uh, you know, he supports the president and I'm not sure why he still listens, but we appreciate him. <laughs> anyway, so he wanted me to look into her um, and, and find out what it is that – because he said he was kind of scared of her and what she might stand for. Um, and it makes sense from anybody – I don't know. So, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things to talk about here. Let's start with the number one thing that got her in trouble soon okay. after she was elected. Actually, she- I think it might have been – the day she was sworn. I the remember. number one thing that probably got her in trouble was her being brown. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, just being just being non-white. I I don't want to be I don't want to go there yet. Oh, okay? okay. But she said she was the one who was in like a like a little press conference or town hall or something and said that she was they were going to get in there and impeach the motherfucker. They were going to impeach the president. Did she say she said that? She said that. Oh. And she didn't apologize. She said she's never going to apologize for her being her. Mm-hmm. Um that's just who she is. Okay. Okay. So that pissed, of course, I mean, obviously that would piss you off if you were a supporter of the president Mm -hmm. and a new person comes in and says that it would have bugged me if someone did that to Obama, but nevertheless, it's kind of expected at this point. Right. You know? Uh, so that's number one. Uh, number two is there's this, there's a couple things we need to go over here. Uh, she's Palestinian, Mm -hmm. right? Who is Palestine is in constant conflict with Israel. Mm-hmm. We have a long-standing relationship with Israel. The tr- the president just last year moved the uh, embassy to Jerusalem, 
not in, moved it from Tel Aviv, I believe, to right. Jerusalem, right. and recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Now, that's really spitting in the face of Palestinians, right? Yeah. So, whatever. If you want to go back, and we can talk about this later if you want, we can talk about the history of why that piece of land is always in conflict. It goes back to World War II. Feel free to read about it. Mm-hmm. And it's the West's fault. I'll just say, I'll just leave it there. It's our Most, fault. Mostly England. Okay? But read about it. England. So, uh, she also said something about um, what's called, what's known as BDS, Boycott, Divestment, and Sanction Movement. Okay? This is a movement, a global campaign promoting various forms of boycott against Israel until it meets what the campaign describes as Israel's obligations under international law. So this is a movement, obviously not sanctioned by the United States because the United States is an ally with Israel, Mm -hmm. right? But it's a movement, I guess, among Arab nations to boycott and divest um, and sanction Israel until they basically leave occupied areas, which are the conflict zones (laughs) that they're always fighting over. Um, and remove a separation barrier in the West Bank, make it make uh, equality between Arab Palestinian citizens and, and Israel uh, Israelites <laughs> Israelis full. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she she tweeted about this and how she supports it, right? Um, and it was taken as an anti-Semitic tweet, mm-hmm. and she shot back and said, "No, it's just an American right in the Constitution that we can boycott." And divest and sanction whatever we want, really, domestically or foreign. Right? right. We can we can do this if we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Marco Rubio brought up this idea of dual loyalty, which is a loyalty to two separate interests that potentially conflict with each other. Mm. Which it, it totally does. Right? right. But the problem here is that it's like twenty years ago. 15 years ago, it seemed like most Americans were pro-Israel and even safe to say maybe anti-Palestine, right? That has shifted. Not every American is so black and white anymore. Right. Why, why is it? I just don't know. Why is it that the, the left, the Democrats seem to oppose a lot of the, our relations with Israel? Well, because... So I think that actually both sides um, – both sides, I should say everyone, most people want the solution to be, look, guys, just be two separate countries and that's fine, right? Israel and Palestine? Yeah. Okay. Be two separate countries over there. That's fine. But the problem is they'll, they'll never agree on who gets what land, right? Palestine is under the impression that Israel is occupying some of their land. And then we came in and said – yeah, we're going to recognize that as your capital. Oh. Right? So I think it's just as time has gone on and you look back at the full history of it, that it's harder and harder to be uh, really black and white about this, like right. pro one, completely anti the other. Right. You know? Well, it's similar to our politics here. I right. Mean, but it didn't it, used to be. It used right. to be pro-Israel all the way. Right. Uh, well, what I mean is – is it's becoming more and more apparent that not just one side is to blame. Right. You know, both sides are probably to blame for right. for, I mean, for something one way or the other. Israel's entire defense is 
basically paid for by by the U.S. Tax, taxpayer. You know, they're they have this really cool defense weapon called the Iron Shield. If you want to look into that, it's really cool. Protects from rockets. Uh, their basically their whole air force. Everything is paid for by the United States. We give them billions of dollars in weapons and aid. We don't give anything to Palestine, obviously, mm-hmm. which is why they've lost. You know, they're, they're, Palestine is not winning this conflict. You know, well, yeah. The only reason Israel's army is pretty impressive, right? Then the only reason they're they're not is because there's so many of them. You mm-hmm. know, it's not as and they're living there. And 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 if you go to the to the uh, you know, to the ground over there. I've never been, but I listen to radio stories. That they, they do. There are some places where they cross over and they live just fine. Oh, you know really? what I mean? Yeah. There's Palestinians, Palestinians living in Jewish communities and vice versa. And it's just, okay, you know, we're not at war. Our, our governments can't get along. See, you know, <laughs> we talked about this a few weeks ago with war and, or maybe it was last time, and how it's always just a couple guys, you know, a couple people in power Yeah, that... Uh, I just I don't know. Like the the public doesn't seem to really care. It's just like no, can we all just, just get along. It's guys in but power. But for some reason, these these people in power need to. But what I mean, what is your what's your opinion of? Well, you have the Trump administration and many many people in in Congress, representatives, powerful people who are pro Israel, uh, pro Jerusalem, being the capital of Israel, recognizing it basically as a country now. Um, not recognizing Palestine as a country. And so that's happening. And then you have a representative who wins an election and comes in and says, I am pro BDS, right? I am pro. That sounds dirty. (laughs) No, I am pro boycotting, divesting and sanctioning Israel until they correct some wrongs that they've done. How do you, how do you feel about that? Well, she's, She's like I said, the, the left seems to be more opposed to this kind of stuff than the right. Does. Right. The, so, I mean, to me, it makes sense that she would do that. Right. And so um, like Rubio talked, tweeted back at her negatively, called her with. I don't think it's anti loyalty. I don't think it's anti-Semitic. I don't, I'm not sure it is I don't, either. I don't see. I don't think she's hating a people. She's, she's talking about a country. Right. She's talking about a government. I think that's just a little, right. a little different. Bernie did come to her defense and say. Uh, to basically uh, in response to Rubio saying if you are uh, anti-American rights of the right to boycott, right to strike, that kind of stuff that Bernie stands for, well, then, <laughs> you know, you're, you're wrong too. So it was going back and forth here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I can understand why people might, might be on the right might be like, wait a second. We, we've had a set policy. Like our foreign policy has been set for years, decades about Israel and Palestine. Yeah. You know, the Trump administration took it up a degree right. and made it even stronger. And now we have a representative coming in and saying she's pro-BDS. And on top of that, she says we're going to impeach this guy, you know. Right. So, 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 so people are upset because she wants to essentially change our foreign policy and, and well, she not, her so much as, as, back, yeah. not so much back Israel. <laughs> What is the downside to backing Palestine? Not that we would, but I just don't I know enough that, about all this. No, I, I probably should, but it's I just really, don't. really hairy. I think the downside is that if, like, if the U.S. were to all of a sudden walk back 
mm-hmm. its support for Jerusalem being the capital of Israel. Right. And moving their embassy back to Tel Aviv, a non a part of the country that's not really fought over, at least that's my very ignorant understanding is that it's not fought over nearly as much as Jerusalem. Right. Um, if they were to walk that back, then Israel would be pissed. Oh, right? yeah. We don't. And so we view taking a stand one way as a step towards stabilization when – that makes sense. You know, it it might not be the quote unquote right thing to do, but at least it might stabilize things a little bit more. People might stop dying every week. Palestinian yeah, soldiers know. are killed. You know, for crossing the border, uh, I'm sure some Israelis are killed. You know, frankly, they Israelis have much better weaponry. Mm, they do. Um, they have a cool gun. It's called yeah. the tar. The T A R. So. It's tough, man. I because they have really nice F-16s too. They've got good pilots. They've got a good military. That's very strong. And it's, and it's because we we paid for it. They're women. They're pretty attractive <laughs> in the middle. Have you ever seen the hot military like Google yeah, hot? Yeah. Uh, yeah, They're on my. It's my screensaver. Ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Apparently, have, one screensaver is Israelis and one is Hamas. I so s- they, <laughs> <laughs> they're always fighting. I saw. I, this is completely off topic, but I saw somewhere, I can't remember where now, I'll have to look it up, that uh, the Israeli armed forces was coming down on hot Jerusalem, or hot uh, hot girls in... Oh, in, they, in they, uniform? They, yeah, they were like, hey, don't do you that. can't wear such a tight-fitting top, like that kind of thing? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I know at the core of this that it is a uh, it's a religious thing. So, but is there a possibility that we just have to wait this whole situation out? We've been for, waiting for. I know, so but long. like, what else is there? If that's neither the, side is going to move and start a war, a real war, like a full on. I think that's why we've been investing so much in Israel because that and they're our only ally in the middle, our only real like yeah, equipped Tur- ally. Turkey, but they're kind of going, yeah, they flip going flop the way and they're the not Buffalo. nearly as equipped as yeah. Israel. I think that uh, I think that we view it as if we can keep a basically a non-Arab state strong over there, mm. then it will keep the mm-hmm. Arab states at bay. And for the most part, the Arab states are the ones we have trouble with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a very rudimentary way of looking at it. <laughs> Do you we? know? We've had trouble with the Arab states. <laughs> but I mean, I some. Who? But like Saudi Arabia. Ira- we've had problems with Iran. Iran. We've had problems in Iraq. Can you believe it? Iraq? <laughs> what about Afghanistan? Surely <laughs> yeah. we've never had anything there. It, I, it's all oil, though. You know? Yes. Uh, but, you know, back to Rashida, I'm. <laughs> Look, man, she she has an opinion. It was clear during her election, and the people of Michigan still voted her in as her as their representative. So, uh, as far as someone, uh, there was a someone in uh, Florida, just a local representative there, tweeted that she thinks that Rashida could could be like a martyr and blow up the Capitol. Now that woman had to resign for saying that, okay? <laughs> uh, because it's—I mean—that's pretty ridiculous. That would be that would that that would be I don't know. That would be a dumb thing for her to do. That well, would, <laughs> well, I mean, not that she, uh, not that she would. She wouldn't do that. But that would set back Muslim relate. It would be right. well, even if you were like, it would be even if you were like Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS. Yeah, you know, you might be like. Uh, let's not go for the capital. Yeah, let's. <laughs> we don't want them re- to retaliate the way they did to Afghanistan. Here, you it's know, it's just weird. They don't seem to care, though. 
no, they, they don't. still I do mean, this, and we've gone over there and killed so many civilians. Yeah, and it's just—I guess it doesn't matter. No, but the, I mean, the implication that she could be like an ISIS agent. No, that's is is come on. There's about as much chance of that as Trump being a Russian agent. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, maybe we should be worried. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, it would be weird. Like that would be a weird conspiracy not even conspiracy like hey because she was a representative in michigan have before. you not seen homeland i have seen homeland i love it okay because that <laughs> uh that's true he became the vice president yeah yeah <laughs> and then he led all the soldiers in world war ii wait no it's a different yeah okay no, i'm a band of brother i mean it's the same guy he has an accent he's english is he really yeah oh, i like man. everyone's english it's stupid they got the best actors i guess yeah yeah blame them for this israel situation though they're the ones if you want to know what happened post-world war ii we had a bunch of is of jewish refugees Right, uh, I don't was, know. Why would that happen? It wasn't a Holocaust, and they were Zionist, and they wanted to go to their Zion, so we sent them there. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's what happened. Uh-huh. And we tried to defuse. Te- I, when I say we, I mean the Allies, mostly England, mm-hmm. was trying to defuse everything, saying it's okay. You guys be here. You guys be here. Everyone's fine. They did that for a few years. It sounds so childish. I know <laughs> the way you're describing it. <laughs> it. It went that. It went that way for a few years, and then England was like. You know what? Fuck this. You guys just do whatever you want. Like, we're out, you know? Um, anyway, I don't really, aside from being a Democrat, I don't really find, I, like Marco Rubio's point of dual loyalty, I think that every representative has dual loyalty. Yeah, like Every they have loyalty to the NRA and to... <laughs> right. But also to children. Right. So which one do you choose? Yeah. Oh, you've got dual loyalty. Like, I, I think that's just the nature of politics. So I don't, I don't think it's, I'm not afraid of her. Well, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not afraid of her. I think that's fear mongering in its worst form, which yeah. if you listen to Fox news, I'm sure well, Hannity's on there probably fear mongering about her, but like, Hey, and you know what? If, <laughs> if, like, what uh, if a white man said this, yeah, I know. Right. Like they wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, she's going to blow up the Capitol. You, you watched, know? uh, Kiefer's newer show. Um, let, yeah. let, let, uh, Designated, designated survivor, survivor. Yeah. i mean would that be like the worst thing to happen <laughs> <laughs> i mean talk about draining the swamp but yeah it'd be uh, instant you know i don't know it's, i'd only support that if keither keeper was actually the designated survivor yeah it has to be keeper yeah not not yeah he needs to be <laughs> because he he's got skills that he learned yeah as jack bauer yeah uh and it now is president whatever kirkman president bauer president oh, Kirk- president bauer kirkman is yeah. what his name would be <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh anyway if you've got comments about rashida especially mark let us know rashida jones is attractive this is rashida talib oh sorry but yeah. <laughs> rashida jones has said some shit i'll tell you what really no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh okay i was like i don't picture her doing that no but yeah um so you know we've talked a lot about well not maybe we have but it, like a lot of people talk about how Immigrants do the jobs that Americans won't or don't. Oh, correct. You yeah, know? that that comes up all the time. That's yeah. so. Let's. The argument is they took our jobs, right? Which or and they are, took are, our jobs are taking our jobs, right? <laughs> and then the other argument is, well, they're just taking the jobs that people wouldn't want to do anyway, right? Which is true, ish. So anyway, go ahead. So in um, America. <laughs> 
there was an agreement between the American and Mexican governments that brought Mexican men to pick uh, harvests across the U.S. Now, that ended in 1964, this agreement, um, after years of accusations by Cesar Chavez. If you're familiar with him, he's a great civil rights advocate. There's a road yeah. after him in like every, every city. city. It's normally yeah. next to Martin he, Luther King Boulevard. He's up there with Martin Luther King. Um, because you know they were suffering wage theft in horrible working conditions. So anyway, this agreement ended, um, and at the time, the American government um, didn't want to re-agree to something. Right? Mm-hmm. They said, you know what? We can get white guys to do this. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> we can get Americans. You know, you know who we're going to get is our American kids. So they launched a campaign featuring you know like famous football players. Um, on their commercials and headlines and whatnot, saying that um, t- encouraging high school kids, boys, to get a summer job picking these harvests. Oh, that sounds so fun. So they bust them all to different places. This particular story um, is about a man named Jim Carter. Oh, I think Carter. Yeah. I found this on NPR, by the way. Um, and he kind of recounts the situation that he is really stoked to go. They, you know, they're going to pay you even though it's minimum wage, like $1.50 an hour. Ooh. Um, we get to hang out with friends for a summer, you know. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how like the first day was, you know, they got up really early to avoid the heat. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know. And then around 7 a.m., the first beam of sun hit them. And they all <laughs> looked at each other like, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> and it got up to 110 degrees by like 9 o'clock every morning. Whoa. And they were picking cantaloupes. Mm. Okay. So if you ever handled a cantaloupe. I like to handle melons. <laughs> yeah. They're not. It was $1.40 an hour, by the way. They're not uh, very friendly to the hands. And it was so hot. Right. That the gloves that they were given only lasted four hours because the cantaloupes are like sandpaper to pick up. Really? Yeah. They made an extra five cents if they were able to fill a crate with 30 to 36 fruits. Um, so every crate that they did that, they got an extra five cents. Basically, they ran out of money really quick. 200 of them quit in like the first two weeks. Um, <laughs> some of them made it all the way through just to say they did, but he, he notes in here that if we could have taken a vote, we all would have left the first day. They were referred to as the A-team to make them feel cool. Um, and there's pictures in this article of the conditions that they lived in. Um, and it's basically just like – look at that one, man. It's just bunk beds in like a concrete structure. Oh. No AC, no fans, no nothing. Um, and Wait. These are high school students? Yeah. Man. Yeah, they look good back then. They look old. Yeah. Why? It's black and white. <laughs> Needless so to say, weird. Uh, this did not – it failed in the first year. Right. Miserably. Mm-hmm. Um, and – Carter has become kind of an advocate saying that these immigrants are basically heroes. The fact that they can do this job mm-hmm. to pay for the, to give their family money. It's amazing that they can do this because we did it for like three months. Right. You know, they're doing this every month, every year for their whole lives. Right. And just to give their, their kids family. So he, his quote at the end here is what kind of grabbed me. He said, there's nothing you can say to us that migrant laborers are rapists or they're lazy. We know the work they do, and they do it all their lives, not just one summer for a couple months, and they raise their families on it. Anyone ever talks bad on them, I always think, keep talking, buddy, because I know what the real deal is, because he did it. So <laughs> just an interesting take that um, when when people pose that argument, it's not just a stereotypical leftist argument. It's it's really true. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ask the people arguing, like, hey, 
do do you want to clean <laughs> toilets of a hotel room? Right. Do you want to clean hotel rooms? Right. Because uh, you know what people do in hotel rooms? Yeah. They have sex. That's what you do. <laughs> that's that's all there is to do in a hotel so room. So the next time you go buy a cantaloupe, think of I the other 350 million people in this country Pro- buying a cantaloupe. Projectile vomit <laughs> in a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, anyway, that's my immigration story huh. that's from the 60s. I, I want to try... I want to try sanding with the cantaloupe now <laughs> yeah you are into sanding i do it's it's, it's, it's like relaxing. a relaxing like an 80 grain <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty thick man that's intense that's all right <laughs> <laughs> um when we come back um we have uh we have random headlines of course australia's new license plate drivers using sidewalks godlike statues and sexy lincoln Anyway, we'll be back in just a minute when Brian spanks mm, a walrus. You just sit right there, Stanley, and you think about what you've done. You'll find all the copiers and printers in the next room over, and then, uh... Hey, Mr. Nelson. Oh, Randy, I'm surprised to see you here. Why, this is my office. Oh, boy, didn't you get my phone message? Ooh, this is awkward. Well, the thing is, Randy, you've been replaced. What? We found an immigrant from the future who knows geology, and he offered to work for next to nothing. This is Mr... You can't be serious. I'm sorry, Randy. It's just with all the budget cuts and all, we'll give you some time to clean out your desk. Follow me, Mr. I'll show you to the coffee room. Oh, my God. They took my job! They took your job! We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you these random headlines. Hey, what's going on? What's up? So, uh, I <laughs> this this story. Yeah, I don't even know what to make of it. So, this is in New York. Okay, New York City. Uh, yes. Okay, I believe. So. Oh, yeah, Brooklyn. A uh, former New York State Assemblyman from Brooklyn has released a video of a driver purportedly using the sidewalk to go around parked school buses, coming within inches of young children. Come on. So uh, this this driver must be a complete idiot. <laughs> or just a dick. Because rather than waiting for the bus, which is unnerving. I've been stuck behind buses before. Yeah, I mean, it's a school bus. He thinks he can circumnavigate the <laughs> law by going the other direction. So and it's like snowy in this video. Yeah. And icy. Yeah. And so he pulls up. Elementary school kids. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> and he just drives on the sidewalk right next to the car. Maybe he really. Oh, jeez. And he almost yeah, hits the He almost kids. tagged those two. Look how fast he's going. At the end of the day, his kid's headed home. It's plain to see how busy it can get and just how dangerous this drive Dude, he almost tagged that like four year old. May result 
in you committing murder. Literally, that's what it is. State Assemblyman Dove Hikind is wow. publicizing the video to raise awareness. In a I just, did I catch him? Down on pedestrian what I don't understand is it looks like you can still Look how fast he's going. Now, this video speaks for itself. That's true. Why can't he go on the road we right there? I don't, here tonight I don't know. Crying. Because these children, uh, yeah. when I so, saw them, I said, Man, he really must have, like, he needed to take a dump. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Is <laughs> yeah, look at that van the that's other going. other going. I don't understand. I don't understand. Jeez. Yeah, I'm sure they will. What an idiot. Anyway, that's uh, that's the first one. I, I, don't pass I normally like funny stories, but this one, it's just so stupid. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't pass school buses, even when they're on the opposite side of the road as you. Did you know that? Utah does stings like a few times a year. Yeah, because I know. people pass they try it. to pass. There's they, no like when they're you know on the opposite side of the road. You still have to stop. Right. There's still little kids. And uh, some of the buses have cameras now. Yeah. Oh, they'll catch you. Did you hear that? There, the the new law went into effect, or not went into effect, but it got voted on, and that all new school buses here are going to have seatbelts. Wow. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it seems like that's going to be hard to, but yeah, whatever. Good. I always wondered why they didn't. Yeah, well, probably because buses don't get hit very often. Right. And when they do, it's not really, I don't know. Plus, I don't know how you enforce kids putting on <laughs> seatbelts when there's only a driver. You'd and have to have like another chaperone yeah. on the bus. So this is out of Australia. Okay. Uh, some areas of Australia will soon allow drivers to unleash their inner creativity on their license plates. Vanity? Like they never had vanity plates before? Oh, it's this is more than a vanity plate. Okay. You can put an emoji Dude. on your license plate. Can you put the poop? N- no. Oh. I don't well, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, March, or the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> on March 1st, the Queensland Department of Transport and Main Roads will launch emoji plates to drivers for $475. Screw, oh, my gosh. Screw you know, that. Who, did no one, like, copyright the emojis when they made them? Because remember, like, years ago, Androids and iPhones, they were different. And they didn't talk to one another. I know. I don't know how that works, but there's like a center for emojis now. Yeah. There's like a... Doesn't someone own it? They're making money off these? Like... I don't know. Can you? It's just a circle with a... Dude, there's some weird stuff out there that's patented in... Apparently. Copywritten. Copyrighted. Oh, crap. Where was this out of? I was listening to another radio show, and I think they were talking about this too, but... um, Pimps are communicating to their hoes <laughs> with emojis in such a way that they're having a hard time prosecuting the pimps. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're using like the eggplant in the... I don't know. They've got like their own secret... Eggplant with an Asian face. Their secret code. Like, there's an Asian guy <laughs> over there that... <laughs> <laughs> that needs an eggplant? Yeah. Or uh, okay, yeah, has an has whatever. has an eggplant. Yeah. Needs to rid himself of eggplant. Anyway, said, so said eggplant. <laughs> if you <laughs> uh, if you feel like you need an emoji on your license plate, then Australia is uh, might be the place for you. You know, I had a friend once who you know. So in Utah, the plates say uh, you know best snow on earth, ski Utah, mm-hmm. and it's a skier. Yeah, in the middle. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy once in, in just out of high school who got a, this, a snowboarder that looked just like it, 
Right. You know? So it just, it didn't, you couldn't even tell. Right. And he got pulled over for it. What? And you're like, you can't put a sticker on your license plate. He's like, come on, man. You know? They even noticed? They, they noticed. Then I, I like, would, then I would be like, no stickers? Then take off this registration and I don't <laughs> yeah. want any of this on here. Yeah. And back yeah. in the day, they, you get a new plate every year. Really? When, yeah. When the prisons were making them, you didn't oh. have stickers. You would just get a new plate. Oh. Yeah. So now, have you ever been to the Los Angeles federal courthouse? No, I haven't. So it has had a statue. I was indicted there once, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it has a statue that has been in there since 1939, and apparently it's just now coming to people's attention um, that it's kind of uh, weird. Who's it supposed to be? That is a young Abraham Lincoln. So the statue... Like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. The statue is a <laughs> very sexy Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, he's got a six-pack. Uh, with no shirt, and he's tucking at his waistband. Noticeable bulge. Noticeable huge penis, and he's carrying a book. Perfectly symmetrical like some nipples. some kind of a... A model. Look, he's got a vein in his bicep. Yeah, yeah. He's freaking well manicured hair. Yeah, chiseled chin. Yes. So, I guess if you're, and he's like leaning, almost like Calvin. Yeah, or that's not what Calvin everyone Klein, is saying like a, that it's he's like a Sports like Illustrated James model Dean. or a, like a James Dean. Uh, photo. I wonder if his legs up on the, <laughs> the wall. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, if you're into that, go to the. Uh, I might go visit that now. I'm sure it'll become a popular. Is uh, it creating a stir? Yeah, well, I think people just now are realizing, like, wait, what the what what the hell? This is sexy Lincoln. What is this? Why why is this in a? It is it is kind of a complete like if if I went into a Capitol building or something and saw this statue, I'd be like, <laughs> what what the hell? What? That's amazing. Why is why is his why, I mean, why is he shirtless? I mean, just think, so many questions. Here. Go think about walking into a, a you know a, a state a state room or state building and you see like a. Uh, a sexy Ruth Bader Ginsburg statue, <laughs> you know, or she's in like a bikini or something, you know, like what? Yeah. What, what is this? Why is this? It's, yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. He got, he's got a knee out. Is he barefoot too? I see. I, I found a full so. picture. He is barefoot holding a book. Like I, yeah, there's so many things. The, the shirtless thing is number one. Number two, why isn't his hand just in his pocket I, or just <laughs> at his side? He's barefoot and he's like, you know, this is like a 32-year-old Lincoln. I just... <laughs> this is in his prime of failure. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. yeah. What, what I think is weird is that this has been in here since 1939. Right. And, and, just now... and the people that are like super anti-gay or, you know, haven't been like, wait, <laughs> why, where, why do I walk in where and was see the this? the anti-gay movement? <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly the guy that made this was gay, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean that bulge and big hands, man. Look at those size of those hands. Aren't there like those a, are not aren't Trump there hands. Like a ton of rumors that Lincoln was gay. I don't. Have know. you ever heard that? Before? I know he was a vampire killer. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> Lincoln gay. Uh, oh yeah, the New York Times finding homosexual threads in Lincoln's legend. Yeah, I mean, oh. yeah, I don't know, but I mean. Yeah, okay, he had a friendship with Joshua Speed. What a great name. That's a great name. Joshua Speed is going to be appearing at Warp Tour this year. <laughs> that is a great name. Along with Sexy Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> That's my next band name. I mean, Sexy Lincoln. I mean, yeah, I don't know. 
That's kind of interesting. I'll have to look into that one. Yeah. Joshua Speed. Anyway, uh, and one more thing here. Um, what the freak? Yeah. So in Italy, they oh, uh, have a parade. Yeah. And um, they. Th- this is actually quite a fascinating float. Um, God Emperor Trump presides over parade in Italy. That is massive. It is. Holy shit. A massive likeness of President Donald Trump mashed up with God Emperor character of the Warhammer Warhammer 40k video games. I was going to say I play Warhammer and that looks that looks like <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so he's got like the leaves around his head. He's yeah. in he's in a full uniform but with like a claw hand. Yeah. Uh Anyway, you're going to need to uh, see this video uh, oops, because it's insane. <laughs> was, it, was it in jest or were they really like, we love this guy? Like, oh, I'm Mussolini sure it was style. in jest. I, 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 come on. Italy. Half the country. <laughs> you know, like, so let's Italy see. Um, <laughs> according to heavy.com, it's a joke. But in fact, he's trying to destroy nations with the economy instead of nuclear missiles. Oh, he was quoted awesome. as saying, this is one of the strongest actions, let's say, that powerful people like Trump can use. So, Isn't there one that they brought it when, we when he went to England? It was like the baby Trump. It was oh, like a giant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an yeah. emoji fat I don't know how Trump. this hasn't made it to like Colbert or anything. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Galley went into more depth. He wrote, Donald wants to go back to the moon, travel to Mars, and create the first space army. Um, sorry, it's called Space Force, not yeah, Space, not space army. army. It's what not, there's no idiot. infantry. How could he be Come so... Come on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you space man infantry? Space. What a dumbass. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ultras, Marines, Mega Marines, the time of intellectuals, philosophers, and old, of old and worn cultures over. We've entered the era of fantasy. Video games, virtual life. Yeah, Space Force, man. <sighs> Did you know that it got uh, it's signed? Already, it's like it's in progress yeah, it's now? It's already there. It was part of the Air Force. Yeah, I know. And it's apparently like, there... We're going to come up with a new thing called the Marines. <laughs> They're part of the Navy. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, apparently, it's only going to cost $150 million to get it started. Shut up. Yeah, I don't what, that's like That's like three guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, Battle for Space Force headquarters. Colorado Springs could have an ally in Air Force's top. Let's see. I want a Space Force to be here if it's going to be anywhere. I want freaking shuttles taken off from Hill. Yeah. That'd be rad. That'd be sweet. I don't know. Is this, yeah. $150 million? you got to be kidding That's me. That's what I heard on the radio. I haven't read Space that. Pro- oh, no, no. It's okay. Proposed uses Reuters. Proposed U.S. Space Force budget could be less than five billion. That's still so freaking low. Yeah, that's like you can't uh, even pay for the wall. Less than his wall. I yeah. Jeez. Huh. Huh. Well, right. we should tell him Space Force or Wall. You I mean, know, make a choice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which it's, ones is more? Are you worried about is, illegal aliens coming into or, the country yeah. or or space aliens? Actual you know, one aliens. or the other. I don't Dangerous know. Dangerous aliens. I yeah. Space Force. That's man. Space is big, man. That should be like the bulk of our budget if we're, if we're being serious about it, you know? You know, I actually think I want to get a model of this Trump. That is freaking cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Maybe there will be some more uh, news next time we meet up. And we might be in new digs. Oh, yeah. We're moving. Yep. Watch out for some pics of that. We should be, <laughs> should be pretty fun. 
Anyway, for the Arctic Podcast, episode 41, I'm Brian. When you see those pics, Brian will say, That is huge. That is huge. <laughs> <laughs> 